A few years ago, one of the kids in my online coaching program said to me, Coach Rebecca, I wish we could just go to a gym and have you as our coach. We would all be so happy and so confident. And that warmed my heart and I was like, oh my gosh, that would be the best. And that comment stuck with me for years. So now I'm going to do something about it. I am inviting gymnasts from all over the country to join me for the first ever Confident Gymnast Camp this August 3rd and 4th. This camp is all about breaking through mental blocks. So if you're struggling with a skill and you want me and my team to help you break through in real time, then check out confidentgymnast.com for details. The number one reason why your mental blocks keep coming back. So if you have an athlete who is currently struggling with fear, getting stuck in their own head, underperforming, you know, that kid that you look at and you're like, you are so physically capable. I don't understand why you're not just going for those skills. So for me, I would get my tumbling back and then one day I couldn't throw it. Next day I could do it. The next day I couldn't do it. Sometimes I could do my backward skills on the beam by myself. Sometimes I could do it with my coach putting a one finger spot up. Sometimes I couldn't do it at all. So it made no sense to me and it essentially ruined my gymnastics career because I thought I'm just not good enough. I'm not cut out for this. So the number one thing that keeps kids stuck is... Hi guys, on today's podcast, I'm talking about the number one reason that your mental blocks keep coming back. This this reason I'm going to explain today is the reason I quit gymnastics. I had this problem and it felt so big and so bad that at age 14, I gave up on myself. So today I'm going to talk about what's really keeping your athlete stuck and how to undo it. And if you want to learn the step-by-step mental block breakthrough method, you can also check out my free training for sport parents. It's called How to Help Your Athlete Overcome Mental Blocks Without Being Too Controlling or Too Involved. You can register for that anytime at completeperformancecoaching.com slash free. All right, here we go. Hey everybody, it's me, Coach Rebecca, and I am going to be talking today about the number one reason why your mental blocks keep coming back. So if you have an athlete who is currently struggling with fear, getting stuck in their own head, underperforming, you know, that kid that you look at and you're like, you are so physically capable. I don't understand why you're not just going for those skills. For me, it was skills that I had already won beam with. I had already walked away with that first place medal, and now I couldn't do the skill. So if that sounds like your kid or you, then I'm going to talk about that that number one reason why it not only happens, but it keeps happening. So for me, I would get my tumbling back, and then one day I couldn't throw it. Next day I could do it, the next day I couldn't do it. Sometimes I could do my backward skills on the beam by myself. Sometimes I could do it with my coach putting a one finger spot up. Sometimes I couldn't do it at all. And then I would get to the place where I couldn't even do it on the low beam. So it made no sense to me. And it essentially ruined my gymnastics career because I thought I'm just not good enough. I'm not cut out for this. So the number one thing that keeps kids stuck is their limiting beliefs. And these will keep you in fear and um, and just continue creating this issue in your life. Now, these limiting beliefs, I quit gymnastics because I couldn't get over them, but the limiting beliefs did not stay in the gym. They followed me. So I want to give you an insight into the top five limiting beliefs 
that will keep you stuck in your sport and it will, they will also keep you stuck in your life. So if you can help your athlete to overcome these now, you know, at age 12, 13, eight, you know, however old they are, they're going to be a lot better for it. And they're going to be able to hold on to those skills. So the first limiting belief that keeps so many kids stuck is perfectionism. Now, I know this is a controversial topic in a sport like gymnastics or diving or figure skating. It's all about perfection. It's you against you. You're looking for that 10-0 score. You're looking for that perfect score. So of course you train in a way that says you must be perfect. And so the belief that gets taken on by these kids is I have to be perfect or else. They have this massive fear of failure. If I fail, I won't be able to deal with the pain of the disappointment. That's really what's happening. They don't want to fail because they don't think that they can handle that emotional pain that will come from not being perfect, not being good enough. So instead of this really motivating them, which yes, these kids are really hard workers. They really want to be great. They they want to please so badly. There's this major drive for excellence, which is amazing. And I'm not saying you should get rid of that. But underlying that is this feeling, I'm not going to be okay until I'm perfect. And then they're never perfect. So it's ultimately just reinforcing this idea, I'm not good enough. I'm not okay. I can't do this. And then that fear of pain is always underneath the surface. I'm going to be disappointed. I'm going to disappoint people. I'm not going to be good enough. So what though, what these athletes really need, they don't need to be perfect. They think that as soon as I get to this next place or as soon as I get perfect, then I'll be okay. What they really need is to learn the coping skills to go, I'm going to fail. It's a natural process and a part of learning something challenging. I need to learn to cope. So they need to know, what will I do when I'm feeling in the pain of disappointment? What will I do when I have fallen short? How can I bounce back? So these kids need resilience training. The champions are not the athletes who never failed. It's not the athletes who are perfect because that doesn't exist. They're the athletes who keep getting back up and trying again because they know I might fail and that's okay. I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to be stronger because of it. I'm connected to other humans. I have people in my corner. I am safe to fail. That's what they need. So rather than that belief of I have to be perfect or else, the new belief is I am safe to fail and I'm going to fail forward. And failure is a magical part of this process. So that's the first belief that we that we want to get rid of. And Saying that we're going to let go perfectionism doesn't mean that we're going to start slacking off or being lazy. It really just means you're going to aim for excellence and you're going to be kind to yourself. And if you make a mistake, you're going to learn from it and you're going to try again. It's it's a softer way to live, but still pursuing excellence at every turn. So the, the second limiting belief that really keeps people stuck in their fears and underperforming And this one might sound a little backwards to you, but it's a focus on talent. When an athlete believes I'm good at my sport because I was born in the right body, or I'm good at my sport because it just comes naturally to me, then what happens is that they believe that the source of their success is outside of them. So they just got lucky. They got lucky and they cruised through those first levels and it all came easily. And now 
if they're hitting a wall and they're struggling, it's because they ran out of talent or this is as far as their meal ticket will get them. Or they were born in the right body, but not quite right. And and they believe that if they're not succeeding, it's because their talent is finite. So what what happens is every time that we tell kids, you're so talented, you have such amazing potential, then kids are kind of torn going, well, if I was if I'm so talented, then why am I struggling? I must not be as good as they think I am. Or this must just be as far as I can go with the talent that I have. So instead of focusing on those natural abilities, what if we tr- we teach our athletes to look at all the hard work and ask them questions like, have you put in time and effort to be great at your sport? If you look at these kids, you know, these talented kids, they showed up, they trained, they worked, they tried, they did a lot of reps. It wasn't that they just you know, pressed an easy button and became great at their sport, they put in a lot of time and effort. You can ask them, have you made progress slowly over time? Some skills came quick, but I guarantee you some did not. And there are some things that they really had to work at slowly over time. You can ask them, have you stretched your comfort zone and built mental toughness through doing hard things? Those are the things you want to focus on instead of going, wow, she's so talented. You go, she is so mentally tough. She keeps getting up and trying again. She's so resilient. She's so willing to get out of her comfort zone to grow. Isn't that amazing? Look at all of her effort. I'm so proud that even though this progress is taking, you know, it's due course, some skills, some high level skills take years to achieve, years to train. You point that out and go, that is why you're successful. The fact that you're a a tiny little, you know, strong kid, that helps, but that is not the reason why you are successful. That So if they hit a wall, then they go, okay, it's time to level up by doing more of the discomfort, putting in more effort, giving myself more credit, and then knowing that no matter how slow it feels, they can do this because it's not, their success is not based on anything outside of them. It's based on what they're contributing from the inside. So we let go of that that focus on my talent is the reason for my success and go, no, my progress and my effort are the reason. The next belief, the third one, is that I have to push really hard. This kind of goes, it ties into the perfectionism and sometimes, you know, wanting to look talented. Kids go in, especially, you know, as we get closer to competition season, they have thoughts like, I have to do this. I have to make it. I have to be perfect. I need this skill. I hear them talking about that and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed. This is very stressful. You have to get it or what? Will you be kicked out of your family? Will you be banished from the team? Will you be demoted? I mean, and if any of these things are true, there's problems like red flags, abuse. Um, But for the most part, kids are not going to be banished if they don't get that skill by Tuesday. But they have this feeling of, I have to do this. I need this. And it comes from that, you know, that hard worker that's rooted in maladaptive perfectionism, which basically means you are so hard on yourself that you're, you're, you know, grinding yourself into the ground and you're not getting the best out of yourself. So what happens when you, when you operate based on, I have to do this, I need this, you start over trying. So you're tense, you're overthinking which makes you even more tense, you're not trusting your skills. You're not trusting your training or your muscle memory. You're thinking, you're micromanaging, you're trying to make a bunch of corrections that you shouldn't need to focus on because you've already been training this skill all year. 
So you've got this tense body, which leads to mistakes and inconsistency because your muscle memory is just off because you're so tight just thinking about how perfect you need to be, which then makes you negative because you're like, what's wrong with me? Why isn't this working? And then that leads to a low sense of self-belief. I must be the problem. There's something wrong with me. So this comes from when there's pressure. A lot of the time, coaches will look at a super talented kid. I use that. I use that word with a grain of salt. And they go, oh, well, they just need motivation because they can definitely do it. So they go, well, here's your deadline. Here's your pressure. You know, parents are like, you have to get this. What is, you know, or else. Or here's a here's a bribe. Or, you know, there's just more and more pressure getting piled on because the outside perspective is that this kid needs motivation because there's no other explanation to why this physically capable kid would be struggling. So what happens, though, is those deadlines and those threats and even those bribes make the mental blocks worse. Rather than motivating athletes, they create more of this, I have to, I have to, I have to, which tenses up the body. So what needs to happen instead, or what I recommend, because there's no need to, it's all just gentle, light suggestions to ease us out of that perfectionism mindset. What I recommend is that you listen to your brain. Your brain is telling you all the information you need to know. But what happens is that these kids start pushing against that and trying to trick their brain or trying to get a quick fix or to try to force it to happen or try to chuck it or do something that feels unsafe, but at least that way they're going to, they'll be able to check the box and say that they did it. Then their brain gets mad and it just creates this whole big standstill. So what I recommend is that you find a progression where you can be successful and kind to yourself at the same time. If you're on a progression that your brain is not cooperating with, that's a a loud and clear message to listen to. Your brain is not feeling this progression. So what's something that you can do successfully right now? And can you be kind to yourself about it? Yes, I know you competed it on the high beam and today your brain's feeling like low beam. Can you be kind about it? Can you not push so hard? Can you ask for the help that you need to set yourself up for success? Do you need another mat? Do you need a coach to stand there? Now, here's one of the biggest roadblocks for kids breaking through fear. For these kids, backing it up a step feels like negative progress. Parents, it looks like negative progress. Why were you back on the low beam today? Coaches are like, why are you still on the low beam? But I promise you, from years and years of personal experience and experience helping others, backing it up a step is the most efficient way forward because you are not freezing up. You're not associating that skill with failure and emotional pain. You're not slamming your head against the wall trying to force something that your brain is not having. You back it up. You're kind to yourself and you ease in using, you know, that determination, that grit, that willingness to be uncomfortable. But there's a balance here. Hey guys, quick announcement break. Right now, we at Complete Performance Coaching are looking for five athletes who are ready to break through their mental blocks for good. If that sounds like you or your child, then sign up for a free consultation call with one of my amazing coaches as soon as possible to see if you're a good fit for our Perform Happy Elite training program. This program includes one-on-one coaching with the world's top mental performance coaches, plus tons of support for athletes and their parents in between sessions. You can sign up today at completeperformancecoaching.com slash consult. Talk to you soon. 
Okay, so I'm going to go to my next limiting belief before I sort of wrap that one up because it's it's definitely related. So in addition to not pushing too hard, pushing too hard is a limiting belief. Not pushing hard enough is based in a limiting belief too. And the belief is, I can't do it. It's not working. I can't. There's no way. And so I talk to so many kids who are, they go, well, I can do it on the low beam, but I can't do it on the high beam. I'm like, well, what else is there? How about low beam with mats or less mats or medium beam with mats? Or, well, I can't do that. Or that's not how we do it. Or, you know, they get sort of stuck in this progression's too easy. This one's too hard. And there's nothing else. So that is, that's a fixed mindset, which is like the biggest thing that we work on in Perform Happy, which is my coaching community. It's all about switching into the gray area, finding the solution, that every single problem has a solution, even if we haven't found it yet. And it probably has 17 potential solutions. Whereas I have these kids going, there's no solution. I'm like, whoa, let's get creative. Let's find a way. There is a way. So if you believe that you just can't do it, this was me. I tried to, I tried to force it. I tried to push and then I just couldn't do it. So I went into avoidance mode. And if you're afraid, your brain does not want you to try that skill. It's like, you know, the back handspring on the high beam is like a hot stove. We don't do it. It's not safe. We freeze up. Your brain is going to send you all of the information it possibly can to get you to avoid that hot stove, that, you know, whatever that skill is. Your Anything that hurts ever in your life will flare up. You will get distracted. You will have a flood of negativity. You will see everything going wrong in your mind. You will have zero motivation and you will just basically have the word, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. This is your brain trying to keep you safe. It doesn't mean that you are broken or that there's anything wrong with you. I didn't know that. It means that you're in avoidance mode. So if you, you know, pick a new skill or work on something else or go to the bathroom, you're not actually going to be breaking through the fear. If you take a break from the skill, it's you're not actually making progress on that skill because what has to happen is it's a very fine line. We don't want to push too hard, but if you don't push at all, you also won't grow. So in Perform Happy, that's another thing that we really specifically touch on is how to walk that fine line between pushing too hard and not pushing enough because your brain and body know your limits. Your brain and body know exactly what progression is right. But you have to learn how to listen to it and know that Monday, your limit might be different than Tuesday and Tuesday might be different from Wednesday. And your confidence is constantly moving, changing, ebbing, flowing based on all of the factors in your adolescent life. So you have to tune in and build awareness first. And that process of listening to your brain and your body is what's going to give you the ability to know exactly what progression, how long to stay there, what help to ask for that will get you moving through as efficiently as possible. And in the meantime, you are being nice to yourself. So that leads me to my second to last limiting belief that will keep you stuck in your fear, fear of judgment or embarrassment. Taking a step back can feel really embarrassing. Asking for a spot on a skill that you can do perfectly can seem totally ridiculous. Coaches will roll their eyes and they will let you know how ridiculous it seems. Um, Your teammates will be like, you can do this. You don't need a spot. You got this, which is embarrassing because you know that physically, but mentally you need that spot. Your body's not going to do it without some kind of a support because of the amount of fear that you're in. 
So sometimes kids get stuck in avoidance. They try to force it because they don't want to look bad or they think they'll be embarrassed if they have to go back to the low beam or if they have to get a mat or if they need to get a spot. But this is ironic because here they are going, well, I don't want to be embarrassed and I don't want to look bad. So I'm going to try to force this, which is going to result in me standing on the beam crying and freezing up over and over, which definitely is not going to not going to be a good look. So if you're going to be freezing up, you're going to be emotional, you're not, it's, you know, failure is imminent. Can you just shelf the need to look good and go, you know what, if if it means I get my skills back, I'm willing to be embarrassed. I'm willing to do dumb, annoying drills. I'm willing to ask for the stupid spot because I know it's going to be worth it. There was a girl, um, she was a level eight gymnast who I was helping get her full back on floor. And she had had this thing happen that sort of set the fear in motion where there was this cute boy on the boys team who she was like aware was watching her tumble. She was just getting her full. She was supposed to do a layout. She noticed he was watching and she she ended up twisting to kind of show off. She had never done the technique properly. She always had um, kind of rushed the twist. So this time, because she decided in the air she was going to twist, she actually got enough height to do a really beautiful full, but she wasn't used to all that power. She went flying back, landed on her butt, and there was this big boom of laughter from the boys that were right there working on parallel bars. Oh, can you imagine like your 13 or 14 year old self, this cute boy is watching and then you just make a total fool of yourself, even though, you know, on the bright side, it's like, oh my gosh, that's the best fool you've ever done. You just weren't ready for all that power. She went into fear for months. She didn't know if she was going to twist or not. It totally caused the twisties because she had this, you know, this brain moment that was like, this is not safe. This is unpredictable. I could go flying. I have too much power. And what it boiled down to is that she was so afraid to fail again and be embarrassed that she didn't want to back it up a step. She didn't want to go back to basics. She didn't want to get spots. She didn't want to go back to the pit. And so I asked her point blank. I was like, would you rather avoid embarrassment and not get your skill back or risk being embarrassed, maybe fall on your butt a few times, but get your skills? And she's like, oh, I'd rather get my skills. I'm like, great. Let's go fall on your butt. (laughs) Let's go make a fool of yourself. Let's go ask for the help that you don't want to need. And we're going to get it back. And she did. Once she was willing and was like, all right, I don't need to look good. Fine. I'm going for it. I don't care. Like, And I was like, and if you fall on your butt, that's a victory. Because you can go, hey, I risked it. I tried. Now we can clean it up and get a little bit better. Okay, now I'll wrap it up with the very last limiting belief, which this followed me All of these apply to me, if you hadn't already figured that out. This one followed me into young adulthood. Um, And it's a doozy. And it was negative self-image. It was just this, it was like I was looking in a funhouse mirror when I saw myself. I was like, I'm broken. I'm a head case. I'm not good enough. I'll never get over my mental blocks. I mean, the the deep-rooted belief for me was, I'm just not good enough. I thought there was something wrong with me that was out of my control, But guess what? The only thing that was quote unquote wrong was my mindset. I was trying to be perfect. I was trying to look good. I didn't want to be embarrassed. I I didn't believe in myself. 
So every single thing that I heard of you, you're really tall, or you're kind of old to get started. Anything I heard, I just, I took it on. Instead of being like, do you know how many tall collegiate gymnasts there are? Do you know that Simone Biles didn't start till she was eight either? You know, if I would have just had a different set of awareness around it. Um, but now I know that all it takes is a different mindset and an efficient plan so that you can work through the fear. And then, yes, you get your skills back, but also... You're not afraid of people. You're not afraid of failure. You're willing to put yourself out there. You're willing to find your voice. You're willing to ask for the help that you need. That is the thing that I didn't learn until much too late in life. But if your kid now can start building these skills, getting more resilient, getting more kind and patient with themselves, not only will their sport start to turn up, but they also will just have a better outlook in general. So parents, if you're like, tell me more, Rebecca, how do I get this? How do I actually teach this to my kid? Um, I have a free training that you can register for right now. And it's all about the mental block breakthrough method. So it teaches you the three-step, step-by-step mental block breakthrough method that will help you, the parent, guide your child through their mental block. So if you're interested in that free training, you can register right now at completeperformancecoaching.com slash free and check it out. And let me know. You can find me, DM me on Instagram at complete underscore performance. I would love to hear any questions that you have that you want answered live or on the podcast. And I will see you around soon. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Perform Happy Podcast. If you're ready to unlock your maximum sport potential, head over to performhappy.com and join us. You'll be training alongside world champion athletes and Olympic hopefuls. And I will personally take you through my research-based system for overcoming fear and mental blocks, building confidence, and finding your flow. I'm coach Rebecca Smith, and I'll see you next time.